Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. I'm Pastor Chris, the lead pastor here at New Life, and I'm really excited. We're starting a new series today. If you're here for the first time, you came the right day because for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about something absolutely crucial to all of our lives, but especially to those who may, uh, as it says up there on the screen, who may be exploring whether uh, Jesus is the answer for your life. Before we get into uh, exactly what that's all about, I want to say a quote that you've probably heard before, and I always thought it was from the founders of AA, but it actually turns out it was Albert Einstein who said this. Albert Einstein said, to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result is insanity. To do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result is insanity. For example, I'm standing over here to point out that in this series we're going to talk about movement from here to over there. And so if I want to move from here to over there at the other end of the stage, but I never take a step and I think I'm going to get there, that's sort of insane. I mean, I can think all the happy thoughts I want, right? Some people think I'm just going to think happy thoughts and I'm just going to think happy thoughts and I'm going to think happy thoughts and I'm going to get from here over to there, but, but it never moves. And some people say, I have a plan. I have a plan to get from here over to there. My plan, it's such a good plan. My plan is to get from here over to there. But I never take a step. It would be insane for me to think that I could get from here to there be by thinking happy thoughts or by having a plan. I actually, to get from here to there, I actually have to take a step to get from here to there, right? And that's what we're going to talk about these four weeks. You are here. Well, maybe you are here, which would be an explorer. We're going to talk about what that means. And maybe you are here, and that would be a believer. And maybe you're already over here, and that would be a disciple. And maybe you're actually over here where we want to get, and that's a spirit-led follower of Jesus. And so that's what we're going to talk about in this four-week series, You Are Here. And then in October, what we're going to do is we're going to have a seven-week series, and we're going to talk about some of the specific details that we, get, we need to live out every day to get from wherever we are to over here. Because the ultimate goal is to get from wherever we are on this continuum, um, from explorer to a spirit-led follower of Jesus. And so seven weeks, it's going to be called the time of your life. We're going to investigate seven different aspects of our lives and how moving in each one of those areas will move us along this continuum. And then in the Advent season, um, and some people uh, don't know what Advent means. Some of you come from a traditional church, and Advent is the time when it means coming. And I didn't realize till this week that the word Advent was developed in the English language before the word adventure. Um, Advent, coming of Jesus, is actually produced an adventure for all of us. And so we're going to call it the great adventure, and we're going to talk about the ultimate movement in our lives from here to heaven. And in that series, we're going to talk about Jesus' second coming. I know that's all some people want to talk about. We hardly ever talk about it here at New Life. But for a few weeks during the Advent season, we're going to talk about the great adventure, which means living our life here and now for Jesus and then getting ready for him to come back because the ultimate move that's going to be eternal is from here to heaven. So that's what we're going to do from now until Christmas. So look at that. We have a plan, and we're actually going to, we're going to carry it out. We're not just going to stand over here and say, we're planning, we're planning, we're planning, but we're actually going to do something about it from now until Christmas. But today, let's jump right into our first message in this series. You are here, and it's called The Spiritual Growth Continuum. The Spiritual Growth Continuum Explorers. Now, if you've ever read my book, Life Cycle of a Christian, you know that I have this concern, and my concern is that people get born again, and that's not my word or new life's word, it's Jesus' word, they get a new life in Jesus Christ, but then they never grow up. 
They just stay where they are. They don't ever move from being a baby Christian to growing up. And, and as I've often said, you know, we have two children, and when they were born, they were babies. But if five years later they had still been babies, long before that, we would have taken them to the hospital or the doctor and said, what's wrong? But, but sometimes when people get born again as Christians, we don't assume there's anything wrong if they never grow up. And so what this series is going to talk about is where we are. And it's okay to be a baby. If you just trusted Jesus last week, it's okay to be a baby. But if you've been a Christian for 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, then you ought to be somewhere along you know, the spectrum over and towards this end of the spectrum, which is spirit-led. So... There are three things that we're going to do during this series. We're going to help you to determine where you are. Whether you're an explorer or whether you're a believer, whether you're a disciple, whether you're spirit-led. And actually, there's one phase before the the explorer, which is here in the dark. And and that means you don't even believe that God exists. You just, you're not, you're, you're an atheist. You don't believe that God exists or an agnostic. You don't care if God exists. And if you're one of those people and you're here today, we're glad you're here today because we're going to help you to get out of this place and, and, and hopefully to this place and this place. And who knows? Because the Apostle Paul and Jesus both assumed that you could go from being in the dark to being a spirit-led follower of Jesus in three years. Three years. I know some people are going, whoa, wait a minute. I've been a Christian for, uh, oh. I'm a little behind. That's okay. It's okay. We're going to help you figure out where you are. Then we're going to help you to figure out how to move from here to there. And the other thing we're going to do is we're going to realize that this is a team sport. That we're supposed to help each other to move from here to there. I don't have to do this by myself and you don't have to do this by yourself. We're all in this together and we're all going to help each other once we understand that we need to move from wherever we are to the next place to do that Uh, as a group and not as individuals because it's really actually almost impossible to make this growth trip in the in the Christian life by yourself so here's the take-home point for today and for those of you who come every week you know that we have a take-home point it's the one point that we seek to, to make and and to put into our minds and hearts so that when we go out this week we'll reflect on it and in the power of the Holy Spirit we'll let it change our lives and so here it is It is possible to measure spiritual growth, and knowing where we are helps us to know where we need to grow. It's not only possible to measure spiritual growth, but our friends at Willow Creek Church out in uh, Barrington, Illinois, uh, Chicago, Illinois suburb, they have done a survey of now more than a quarter of a million people who are all along this spectrum, and and they're actually the ones that helped us to understand there is a spectrum, that there are explorers and there are believers and disciples and spirit-led. They use different words, but here at New Life, those are the words that we would use. And as we look at this spiritual growth continuum during these four weeks, what we are going to do each week is we are going to take a topic and we're going to say this, the top five things the blank segment wants from you and your church. And the blank will be explorer today, believer next week, it will be um, the disciple the next week, and then in the final week it will be spirit led. And the you and your church, the you is you and I, And your church is new life. So we're going to make that statement every week. And then we're going to look. And today it's explore. So over here, if you're an explorer, here's what that means. Explore, it says, the people in this segment have a basic belief in God, but they are unsure about Jesus and his role in their lives. So if you're an explorer, by definition, you're exploring, you're looking, you, you believe there's a God, probably, and, but you're not sure about Jesus. Did he really exist, for example? Did he live, you know, 2,000 years ago, as they say? Did he die and rise again? Which is, if he did, if he did that, then that would obviously mean <laughs> he's who he says he is. And so you don't, but you don't know that yet. Is the book of uh, the Bible, this book that we use here at New Life, 
for everything that relates to faith and daily living. Is this book true? Is it reliable? And so all of those questions are in your mind and you don't know for sure how to answer those questions. And that's what we do here week to week at New Life is we help people who are explorers to explore those questions and then to, to hopefully make a step to the next stage, which is believer. It's the most important step of all, really, because when you move from explorer to believer, you move from what the Bible calls lost to found. And actually, the Bible calls it spiritually dead to spiritually alive. So those are pretty profound differences. Now, some of you are sitting here and saying, I think I heard this before. And if you've been here since 2012, you have heard this before. Because we did this series back in 2012. Back then, we called it Move It. Uh, and the reason we're doing it again, because we hardly ever do series over. We hardly ever repeat series here at New Life. But we're repeating this one for two reasons. Number one, it's so important. Because if you don't know where you are, it's really hard to get somewhere else. If you, if you think you want to be spirit-led, but you don't know where you are, how are you going to get there? And the second reason is because uh, I want you to look to your right. If, you, if there's anybody sitting there, look to your left and see the person sitting next to you. Okay, 1.67 of you weren't here in 2012. We've grown 167%. We were at about 359 for weekend in, in 2012, and we're about 602 right now. So if you are one of those, one, you know, the, the, the people that weren't here before, you're going to get to hear this for the first time. If you were here before, repetition is the mother of learning, okay? So sometimes it's, you know, because if I said to you, do you remember every sermon that's ever been preached here at New Life? And everybody's going to go, well, I can look it up. Yes, you can. Um, but you probably don't remember. I don't remember every message that we've ever preached here at New Life. And so this is a way for us to underline how important it is for us to move from explorer to believer to disciple and to spirit-led. So what we're going to do is what we always do. We're going to ground that in this book. We're going to look at three scriptures this morning. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a believer, a disciple, or a spirit-led, you've heard the, these three passages before. We call the first one the Great Commission. A commission is, is something that we give to somebody when they're going to go out and do something important. And Jesus gave this commission to the 11 remaining disciples right before he went back to heaven. After Jesus died and rose from the dead, lived 40 days on the earth, right before he went back, he said these words. To the disciples. He had already told them that all authority in heaven and earth belonged to him, and he was transferring it to them, and then he said this Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And then the second scripture, we call it the Great Commandment. Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Which in those days would have been the whole Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. And it says this. Jesus replied, and this is in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. And then the final uh, passage is one verse. It's John chapter uh, 14, verse 21. And here we see what role Jesus says that obedience plays in our relationship with him. And in John 14, 21, we read this. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, they, they, uh, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Let's pray together. 
God, we thank you for these words of truth, which also are words of challenge, words of commitment, words of purpose. And today, I pray that you would open our hearts, that your spirit would speak to us. Whatever it is we need to move one step further from where we are today um, to the next step closer to being spirit-led followers of your son, Jesus. We pray that as we have read your truth, that you will use it to transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, each of these scriptures tells us something of what it means to be a believer. Since we're talking about explorers today, people who wonder about Jesus and what his role is in their lives, we want to know that Jesus said, the first thing you need to do is become a disciple. Now, disciple means student or learner. In fact, um, you might be able to relate to this if you've ever taken a martial art. I have a black belt in Taekwondo, for example, and I had a guy who's called Master Allen. And Master Allen was our teacher. And we were disciples, if you will. We were learners, students. And we were supposed to learn how to do punches and kicks and stuff, just like Master Allen. And in the same way, except for on a much grander scale, Jesus is the master. He's the one who is Lord over all, that is, owner over the whole universe. And he calls us to learn to be like him. And he tells us how to do that in the, in the, the Bible. And then the next thing we did was we read about what it means to follow him completely, to be all in. And that is to love God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, with all that we are. Because it's our whole mind, our whole heart, our whole strength, everything that we have. Even our bodies. And, and then he says we're supposed to love each other as we love ourselves. And, and Jesus actually said if we do those two things, love God with everything we have and love each other as we love ourselves, we'll be fulfilling two-thirds of the Bible. The Old Testament, all, that's what he says when it says this fulfills the law and the prophets. And then the last thing we found out about following Jesus, actually about loving Jesus, is that to love Jesus is a very simple thing. It means to obey him. And, and so if we want to move from being an explorer to being a, a believer, then we need this information because this information shows us what it means to be a believer. And we're going to talk more about that as we go on through this message series. But what I have to say is today... Um, the passages we just read assume you're already a believer. It, it assumes that he was talking to believers. But we're talking to explorers today. To those of you in the room who came here today and you believe in general that there's a God but you're not sure about Jesus. And you may be here in that condition because your family comes here and they're all believers but you haven't made that commitment yet. Or maybe a friend invited you to come here and, and you're just coming here because you have a friend that you like and, and you just want to do what your friend asked you to do. Or maybe you just sort of came in off the street because you've been hearing some sort of news about this church and the community and you heard that the preacher, whoever the preacher may be, doesn't wear a suit or a robe, but sort of just wears regular everyday clothes. And maybe you heard that um, actually, yeah, the funny thing is, the music sounds like it was written in 2000 and something rather than 20 or 18, 15 or 17 or 16 something. And maybe you heard that you could actually get some cookies and uh, some cool stuff and, and coffee and you could bring it in. And at least if you were bored from the message, you could eat the coffee or eat the cookies and drink the coffee while you're here. Whyever you're here, if you're here for the first time or you've been coming back because you, the cookies and coffee are good, we're glad that you're here. Because once you're here, we believe that you're going to hear something every week. And experience something every week that's going to make a difference in your life. And what we know from that quarter of a million surveys that have been done by um, Willow Creek Church is that if you're an explorer today, 
There are five things that are crucially important to you in your pursuit of God. And here they are. Number one is help. you want help in developing a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, that would make sense. If you're not sure about Jesus, you want some help in developing a personal relationship with him. The second thing you want is compelling worship. When you come here, you're giving up an hour, hour and 15 minutes, sometimes even an hour and a half. You don't want to fall asleep while you're here. Number three, you want a place to belong. You want a place where, you know, somebody knows your name and they're always glad you came. That's what you want. And and more than that, you want a feeling of connection in a personal kind of way. Number four, you want help in understanding the Bible in greater depth. And that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? If you're wanting to know about Jesus, this is the place to look. And then the last thing you want is you want to have church leaders who model and consistently reinforce how to live spiritually. And and that's how I learned. (laughs) That's how I moved from here to hear, to hear, to hear, to hear, is by watching other people who are ahead of me. And by listening to them and by experiencing them uh, in, 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 and seeing the consistency of their lives. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to look at, and actually if you're a spirit-led person, you want those five things, right? But if you're an explorer, if you're an explorer in the room today, these five things are crucial to you. And we're going to look at each of those for, for a moment this morning. Number one, you want help in Uh, understanding how to build build a personal relationship with Jesus. I can promise you this. If you come here week after week after week, in this message time or or after the message when we uh, introduce the offering or during the Lord's Supper, you are going to be offered an invitation. An invitation for Jesus to take over your life. You're going to be given an opportunity to commit your life to Jesus Christ. We will do that every single week here at New Life. Because we know that if you're an explorer, the only way you can become a believer is by changing the commitments and the beliefs of your life. And so that's the first thing we're going to do. The second thing is we are committed to providing compelling worship. When you come here, you may not like what happens here, but you won't be bored. You might not like what happens here. You might be used to a different kind of music, but the music is going to be compelling. The worship team, and Pastor Brad in particular, designs the worship experience in such a way that when you come here, that you, you couldn't help but notice one important thing. We love God. We believe that he exists. We want to glorify him. We, we want to, he's front and center in our lives. And, and you will experience that every time you come. Every time you come, I can guarantee you, whoever's standing up here will be prepared. We will never bore you whenever you come here on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night to worship If you have even this much interest in finding out who Jesus is and how this life can be lived from the explorer all the way to the spirit-led stage. Because we understand how important that is. What you need to understand is that part of compelling worship is prayer. In fact, it's the biggest part. I would never stand up here ever without having somebody pray for me before I stand up here to preach. Because we know that prayer is not a substitute for action. It's an action for which there's no substitute. And and actually, people pray during the worship gathering. People pray all week that when you come, if you're an explorer, that you will will hear something, that you will experience something, that you'll be here even if it's a worship song or maybe it's a prayer, whatever. Maybe it's a relationship with somebody actually cares about you that will help you to realize that Jesus is who he says he is. Now, the third thing that place to belong, we probably invest more time and energy into providing a place for newcomers to belong than just about anything on that list of five things that we talked about. And that's because, in particular, I have been to churches 
where I went in as a first-time visitor, not a guest, but a visitor, and the people didn't expect me to be there. In fact, I've sat in somebody's seat and they've asked me to move. You know, I, I've shown up and it was like an inconvenience that I came there. When, when our daughter Abby was four years old, we went to a worship place and I brought Abby into the worship place and everybody sort of went like this. What's that thing doing in our worship center? That thing was my daughter. She's four years old and she, was, she wanted to be with her daddy because we were in actually Des Moines, Iowa uh, for a weekend because I was doing a wedding for my nephew. And after we were done, a four-year-old girl walking out of church said, I don't think they like this very much. What do you think, daddy? A four-year-old girl. So if you come here, I pray to God you'll never experience anything like that because we don't have visitors here. We have guests. Do you know the difference between a visitor and a guest? I do. Whenever a visitor comes to my door of my house, I don't know who they are. I don't know why they came. And I don't often invite them in. But if a guest comes to my house, well, that's not true because I love it when the Jehovah Witnesses come to my house. <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway, um, they mostly don't know how to read Greek and I do. That's the first thing. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> Um, the, the, the thing is, when guests are coming to my house, you know what it means for me? It means a lot of work. It means I've got to run the vacuum cleaner. I've got to make sure that there's not a single speck of dust on the television, which we're not going to watch the television when guests come. But anyway, you know, and, and then it means that Nancy's going to cook a special dinner. I love it when guests come because I get the best food ever. I mean, my wife cooks good all the time, but when guests come, oh, my goodness. You see the difference between a visitor and a guest? Here at New Life, we have guests. I mean, why do we have coffee and cookies? It isn't for us. Well, I mean, some of you think it is, but it's for the guests. And, and so whenever guests come, we want, that, want you to know that you're welcome here. We expected you to come here. We've been preparing a long time for you to be here. And, and you know, if, if you came here today and you come on a, a regular basis, you might have noticed that worship was a little different order. That's because we think things through, pray things through, and we say, if a person came for the first time, what would be something that would be odd to them, out of place to them? What would make them not feel comfortable or at home? And we thought, well, you know, if you sing a song and then you break it up and then you sing a song, well, why don't we just do the announcements first? and have the announcements out of the way and so that means if you're a regular attender you need to show up on time and if you're a first-time guest you come early anyway we know that we, we see we're intentional what I'm seeking to get everybody to understand wherever you are on this spectrum is we love first-time guests of any age and they're all welcome here and in some churches, a visitor comes and they go, hmm, I wonder what they, how they're going to behave in our worship. Are they going to make some noise? Are they going to disrupt, are they going to disrupt me? And sometimes they go, I wonder what they believe. And if you pass the behavior test and the believing test, then you might be able to belong there. But we, we, we turn that around here at New Life. When you show up, we're just glad you're here. We want you to know you belong here because you're alive. If you're not alive, you probably didn't show up today, but we don't really want you here you know, if you're not alive. But if you're alive, we want you to come. And after you come, we hope that you'll see that we have some specific beliefs. And they come from this book about God and about creation and about sin and about redemption, which means to be redeemed from sin or have the cost of sin paid away in our lives so we can be free from sin and death. And that Jesus Christ is everything. And when you come here and see what we believe, we hope that you'll sort of catch on to that and say, hmm, they seem to, they seem actually to, to take this very seriously. And, and so maybe you'll trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and then behavior starts to change. Once the Holy Spirit comes in, we're born again, we have this power from God, our behavior starts to change. 
And it takes a long time. You know, Paul and Jesus thought it would only be three years, but it seems like it takes a little longer than that for most of us. But anyway, we believe that people belong by virtue of being alive and showing up. And then we b believe that you will start to change your beliefs if our beliefs are consistent with our behavior. So we don't, we don't really look at your behavior. We look at our behavior. More about that in a minute. Okay, so the fourth thing. The fourth thing is you want help in understanding the Bible at a deeper level. When you come here every single week, I promise you this. There will be a scripture that we read from the Bible or a couple of scriptures. And most weeks when I preach, it's usually verse by verse I go through that passage of scripture. Not today, because we're trying to give an overarching picture of what Christians believe. Followers of Jesus believe, and so we use the Great Commission and the Great Commandment and that passage about obedience. But this is not the best venue for you to learn the Bible in deeper depth. It's really not. The best place for that would be, if you're a child, well, the best place for that would be in Kids Zone. If you're a young person, it would be through relevant student ministry. If you're an adult, it would be through a small group and some other opportunities that we provide. And through one-to-one, -one, which is a daily online study, which will take you from being uh, basically an explorer into growing up into at least the disciple level. And if you're at the disciple level and you want to become spirit-led, you're taking responsibility for your own growth by that time. But we'll talk about that more when we get to that week. And then the fifth thing on the list is you want to see people acting like Jesus. Now, here's the thing. I'm gonna, I, I do this a lot here at New Life. Over the years, I've done it many times. I've said, we all know what people out in the world think Christians are. Hypocrites. Hypocrites, this is, this is what I say and this is what I do. It's, these are this far away. That's a hypocrite. A hypocrite is when I profess that Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord, but I have something else that's really my Savior and Lord. Now, if I profess that Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord, and this is how often I follow Jesus, then I'm not such a hypocrite. And when I get to here, I'm really not. And when I get to here, that would mean I would be Jesus. Jesus is the only one whose words and actions were 100% consistent. This past week, I saw a, a, a YouTube thing about Fox News interviewed uh, Tony Perkins about the Joshua Duggar thing. And I don't know if you don't know about that. Joshua Duggar was part of the Duggar family, and he did some stuff when he was a kid that wasn't, you know, was sinful. And now, but it just was released that he has done a lot of other sinful stuff that, as an adult. And so the, the, the um, reporter said to Tony Perkins, would you say Joshua Duggar is a hypocrite? And he didn't answer yes. He just said, well, and he gave a fairly decent answer, to be honest. But he, if I were in that situation, I said, yeah, he's a hypocrite. So am I. We're all hypocrites except for Jesus. And the thing is, we need to be upfront and commit in saying that we are hypocrites. However, each of us here at New Life is seeking to move closer and closer and closer to having our words and our actions come together. And the thing that's really cool, if you're a, me, I'm the lead pastor here, is I work with a staff that's a growing staff. We now have nine full-time staff people. And each of them is committed in their own personal life, wherever they are, to be moving in this direction. To be moving in the direction of being spirit-led followers of Jesus. And so whether it's the children's ministry pastor or whether it's the two youth pastors or whether it's the worship pastor or whether it's the office manager, whoever it is. In fact, last week I challenged all of us that we need to be wherever we are growing in that direction. Growing from most of us would already identify as disciples or spirit-led. But even when you're spirit-led, the cool thing is there's always room to grow because this thing it's, it's not out here for any of us, but, but obviously we're not perfect. So wherever it is, we want it to go so it's more and more. Paul said, the Apostle Paul said at the end of his life, it is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me.
And that's our goal. Our goal is very simple, not easy, but very simple, that we want everybody that's part of new life to eventually be able to say, it's no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. And when you see me, you will see Jesus Christ reflected. And it's sort of, it is like the moon in its relationship to the sun. The moon has no light whatsoever of its own. The moon reflects the light of the sun. We all know that from elementary science class. And we don't have any light of our own within us. It's all reflected from Jesus. And so if you're here today and you're an explorer, what you understand is that you need to know some things. And, and, and actually, you need to experience some things that people actually care about me. You need to experience that there are some people whose lives are becoming more consistent, not less consistent, in going in the direction of being spirit-led, led by the Holy Spirit in our daily lives to reflect Jesus. And, and the thing is, even with all of that, I have to tell you, discipleship is a process. It isn't like one day I'm an explorer, I'm over here, and I don't know if Jesus exists, or maybe I know, think he is, but I don't know if he's God, and I believe there's a God, and I make the commitment, and I say, I'm going to believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, and boom, now I'm a full-grown like Jesus. It doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't happen that way. What happens is you transfer ownership from yourself to Jesus. But the apostles... The disciples, the, the original disciples, when Jesus gave them that great commission and said, go in all the world and make the disciples, they understood it was a process because it was a process in their own lives. When Jesus first came up to them and said, come follow me, they all did. But on that day, they weren't even sure that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. They, they, they knew he was a great teacher. They, they had heard that he did miracles. He wasn't your average guy, but they didn't know he was God. And in fact, the day Jesus was crucified, every single one of the people that followed him stopped following him. They all decided that they had been wrong. They went to a room, they locked themselves in it so they wouldn't get arrested too. And they didn't know what to do. Their lives were over, they thought. And then three days later, some rumors started coming around. The rumor is that Jesus is alive. And it was women who, who went to the tomb. I mean, if the disciples really believed Jesus, because Jesus had told them several times, at least several times, I'm going to die on the cross, I'm going to be put in a tomb, but I'm coming back in three days. But you know what? They all didn't put their tents up and camp out in front of the tomb, waiting for Sunday, did they? None of them did. Not one of the disciples was waiting for Jesus to come back to life. They were all, their life was over. And two of them just decided, heck with it, we're going home. And they lived in a place called Emmaus, and so they're going home to Emmaus. And as they're walking along the way to Emmaus, this stranger comes. Little, you know, spoiler alert, it's Jesus. Okay, but anyway, so they're, they're walking along, and two of them are walking along really sad, and this stranger comes up, say, hey, how's it going? And they say, are you the only one who's been in Jerusalem this week and doesn't know what happened? He goes, well, what happened? And they said, well, this Jesus guy, you know, we thought he was the Messiah. We had hoped he was the Messiah. That's the key word. Where are they now? They're explorers at that moment because they hoped he was the Messiah, but they don't believe he's the Messiah anymore. They don't think he's God anymore. So they're back at explorer at that moment. And Jesus says, tell me more. And he said, well, he was, you know, he was crucified. And they said, you know, he said he was going to rise from dead, whatever. And these women from our group came back and said that the tomb is empty and an angel told him he's alive, but we haven't seen it and we're just going home. So Jesus, he doesn't have to get out his Bible because it's, it's in his mind. 
And he takes from book of Genesis to Malachi, which was all the Bible there was at that point, and he works from beginning to end of that Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, and he shows them that the Messiah had to suffer all these things and die and come back to life. And these, these guys, their, their heart's starting to change, you know, but they still don't get it yet. And then they go uh, home, and they get home, and Jesus acts like he's going to keep on going, and they say, why don't you come and have dinner? So they come in, uh, have dinner, and Jesus sits down, and they give him bread, and he breaks the bread. When he broke the bread... Their eyes were open and they recognized it's Jesus. And so they went from being an explorer in that moment to being believers in that moment to being back to being disciples in that moment. And 10 days later after Jesus went back up to heaven, well actually it's 40 days later from that time. But anyway, from the time that Jesus goes back up to heaven and sends the Holy Spirit, they become spirit led. But they'd already been with Jesus for three years, you see. And, and so the thing is, the key question really is, what do you believe about Jesus? Everybody in the room has to answer that question. Not, and when I say believe, you know, the funny thing is, Western thinking people, when, when I say believe, you might just think it's an intellectual thing. Well, I believe Jesus lived. I believe that Jesus was a prophet. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And it's just an intellectual exercise. But for the Jews, when they said they believed in Jesus, it was a matter of a head, yes, but also of the heart. They were combined. And that's what we're talking about today. What we're talking about today is what has Jesus done that you believe so much that you're actually different because you've made a commitment to him, what he called being born again. That, that you actually have the Holy Spirit in your life. Do you? If you don't, you know, here's the thing. If you're an explorer today, my question is, what's it going to take to get you to take that first step from explorer to believer? Because it's the most important step of all. As I said, it's a step from darkness into light. It's a step from death into life. From loss to being found. That's how big of a step it is. And if you haven't taken that step, you know, maybe you didn't even know there was a step to take until today. Today's the best day in the world to take it. And, and if you've never taken a step, and some people, this is the point where in most worship churches, services, I'm sorry, um, the pastor will say, let's have everybody bow your heads, every, you know, eye closed, and then if you want to do that, raise your hand. And I'm not going to do that today. I have done that, and I, there's nothing wrong with that, because that is one way that you help people move from being explorers to believers. But what I'm going to do today is put something up on the screen. Actually, Steve's going to do that. It's a prayer, and it says, Heavenly Father, and I, wanna, I really want us to look at this. Heavenly Father assumes that God is one God in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Holy, Heavenly Father is the one who created us and who created all that exists. And Heavenly Father, thank you. So thank you. We start off with gratitude. Thank you for what? Sending Jesus. Because Jesus is the Savior of the world. He came into the world to rescue sinners. Uh, save me from sin and death. So he saves us from sin and then the consequences of sin, which is death, eternal death in hell. And then it says, I trust him. The word trust I used this example last night. If I came over here and I said, hey, Josh, come up here. Don't, don't do this, okay, because I'm not going to actually do this. But if I said, Josh, come up here, and I said, I'm going to jump like this, and you're going to catch me, okay, that would take trust, wouldn't it? Because if he misses me, what happens? That's a cement floor. So that's what I'm talking about. When I say you trust Jesus, I'm not talking about this is a little intellectual thing. Yeah, I trust Jesus. No. In fact, if I were actually going to do this, I would want all you guys, like all of you, to come up here, Right? <laughs> Then I would, maybe even the rest of you in this section, and then I would trust you. But with Jesus, we trust him that much that we would take that jump and then put it up. Please. Okay, there you go. Oh, that was a good idea. You were following me. Okay, never mind. Okay, so trust him as my Savior and Lord. 
Savior saves me from sin and death. Lord means master in our day, owner, manager, boss. He's in charge. Then forgive me. That's the most crucial word there is. Forgive me. Jesus was hanging, uh, being nailed to the cross, and he shouted to his father, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive means to cancel, to, to, to act as if it never happened. Forgive me uh, in Jesus' name for all my sins. And then it says, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, whenever we go from being explorers to being believers, it's a new birth. Because we were already born physically. All of us in the room were born physically or we wouldn't be here. But there's a spiritual birth. And Jesus said in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus, a really smart guy, you know, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus proved he wasn't that smart of a guy because he what? I'm going to crawl into my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, no, no, no. Spiritual birth. That which is flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so once we have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, we call on him to bring his Holy Spirit into us. And it's an ongoing thing, not just a once in a lifetime kind of thing. And we're new people. So, there it is. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Save me from sin and death. I trust him as my Savior and Lord. Forgive me in Jesus' name for my sins. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I, this I ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name means in the authority of Jesus. Because that's the only authority that really will change us. If you've never prayed that prayer before and you're ready today. I'm just going to pause right now. And I'm just going to look up at the screen. And I'm going to ask you to go ahead and pray that prayer. You can pray it silently or you can pray out loud because God will hear you either way. I'm going to take a moment for you to do that. So if you just did that, you need to understand two things at least. There are a lot of them, but two things at least. Number one is you're, you're new. You're different. You'll never be the same again. You, you were destined for hell. Now you're destined for heaven. You've started. You've already taken the biggest step from explorer. Now you're a believer. You just moved to believe. We're going to talk about believers next week. And, and you're on your road to becoming a spirit-led follower of Jesus. And that's the path that all of you are called to take. It's going to be hard. That's the, the, the second thing I want you to know. You're a new person. The second thing is it's going to be hard. There are people who just get saved, and, and they are. Um, we talked about this last week, and then they never change after they get saved because they think that the goal of the Christian life is to get saved and to go to heaven when you die. That's not the goal of the Christian life. The goal of the Christian life is to be a new person from the inside out, to go from being an explorer to being spirit-led and to seeing the world change through you. That's why Jesus came to change us so the world would change through us. Bill Hybels from Willow Creek Church says that the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Well, really, Jesus is the hope of the world, but through us, we are the hope of the world because we have him in us. And so that's the most powerful action you can ever take is to move from being an explorer to being a believer or from being before an explorer, you know, an atheist or an agnostic to being a believer. Now, what about the rest of us? What about those who have been believers? Maybe you're already a disciple. Maybe you're spirit-led. What about the rest of us? Well, the rest of us are called... <laughs> From this day forward and every day forward to live in the present into the future in the power of Jesus Christ. To, to see our lives matter, to make a difference. And so the commitment today is very clear and simple. It is, um, I will love God and others more fully in order to fulfill the great commission in my life. You see, if we fulfill the great commandment, which is to love God and others more fully, 
we will fulfill the Great Commission, which is to make disciples. Because as we go out there and we show the love of God to people in their lives, they're not used to that. Out there in the world, nobody's used to that. And so as we actually live out the love of God toward people, we love them as we love ourselves, they're going to ask us. Eventually they're going to ask us, why? Why are you doing that? Well, because I used to be lost, now I'm found. I used to be dead, now I'm alive. It's all about Jesus. And they're not going to believe it at first because they've seen enough hypocrites to know that it's, yeah, I've heard that story before. Well, I'm going to tell it to you one more time because one more time you need to hear the story until it becomes your story. And then when it becomes your story, then you can actually start to change. You can actually have the Holy Spirit work in your life. And that's the thing. You, you can't do this commitment unless you're already a believer, right? You can't do this commitment unless the Holy Spirit's already in your life. And I can't do this commitment unless he's in my life. And so if you're still an explorer, even after I explained everything I've explained, that's okay. We want you to come back again. Keep coming back again as long as you want to come back again. But I beg you not to stay an explorer. Because here's the thing that the research shows. If you stay an explorer for five years or more, the likelihood that you will ever take the step from explorer to believer is small. The longer you stay an explorer, the more it's likely that you just become a church person. You show up on Sunday morning or Saturday night and you do the stuff that people do. You might even raise your hands. But you never get changed from the inside out. So, take that moment, even now, to move from explorer to believer. And the rest of us that are already somewhere else on the spectrum, let's go out there. And let's shine with that reflected light of Jesus so brilliantly that people have to ask, what's up? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that wherever we are this moment, you don't want us to stay there. And we thank you that you've given us the power of Jesus and the power of your spirit that we can take a step towards growth, whether it's to be a believer, whether it's to be a disciple, whether it's to be spirit-led. And wherever we are, God, I pray a simple prayer today that we would go out and we would burn brightly for you. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.